0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the minister of formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego,
1: California.
2: And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth commissioner for the Episcopal Diocese
1: of San Diego. And I'm David Lance, and I am the director of youth ministry at St. Barnabas in Montgomery, Ohio.
0: And David, we are so excited that you are here to be with us this morning. Thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's actually afternoon where I am, but yeah,
0: thank you.
2: Mm. <laughs> and way real? to represent Ohio. Wow. First time for Ohio on the show.
0: Yes. And we are thankful for Ohio and for Cincinnati. Um, and we are thankful that uh David, you are on the podcast representing Saint Barnabas Episcopal Church in Cincinnati and the St. Barnabas Youth Group, shout out to them. Uh, and David, I did a little bit of it just now, but would you just share a little bit about your ministry context, um, what you do and in, at St. Barnabas, and just a little bit about what, what's going on uh, right now?
1: Yeah, so really right now, everything, because of the state of the world, is being done over Zoom. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do right now uh, is because we can't have Sunday school in person right now we're combining sunday school and evening youth group meetings into one collective um meeting Mm -hmm. and it's good and i think my context and how i like to do is i like to let the youth run it more so than me it's very youth directed for us they choose a theme for the month that we want to go over it is my job to research organize set up and get that theme in a way that can be discussed um i think when i wrote in you guys is about forgiving our forgiving our enemies and that was just the topic we had been talking about all last month Mm -hmm. we're just getting ready for that and then we we have a retreat coming up so everyone's excited for that awesome that's really neat yeah
0: that's so cool And again, thank you for your email. And we're so, you know, excited that you're here because of the email. You know, it's like so cool to uh, being in in dialogue with with you and and hear your thoughts and hear more about what's going on out there in Cincinnati. Uh, Would you also then share uh, as a follow up question where you saw God this past week, either in your ministry context or, you know, outside of it, just anywhere?
1: I think the most I've really been seeing God is in the little things that we take for granted Mm -hmm. pre-COVID. For me, it's someone holding the door, so I don't have to come into contact with the door handle that someone else has touched. It's offering a three-squirt of hand sanitizer so you can clean your hands. It's complimenting my mask that I wear. Mm -hmm. It's the little things like that that normally would probably go way over my head but it's the little things that people are doing that really just makes it special. And then another one is just the fact that the youth are coming back every Sunday mm-hmm. and yeah. participating. This is by no means a requirement for them. They are not forced mm-hmm. to come to youth group yet every Sunday even when school going on. They're logging on to Zoom and we're having discussions. It's a really cool thing to see. That's
0: yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those. Those are good. Those are nice. those are things we can all Keep an eye out for You know And look for Uh, So we're going to Get into The gospel And our discussion About the gospel For this upcoming week We're talking about The gospel for this upcoming Sunday October 11th Proper 23 We're getting deep Into ordinary time We are You know We're like A solid two months away From the end of ordinary time But uh, Proper 23 I'm so
2: ready To be out of the green
0: (laughs) Um, and so we will be discussing, uh, the gospel for proper 23, Matthew 22, one through 14. And, you know, just like David did a few weeks ago, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to know what's going on with you. We want to hear about your week of conversation, uh, faith discussion and reflection. You can email us faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website where you, where you'll find all the faith to go resources, www.myfaithtogo.org. And you can contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faith to go. So Charlotte will read the gospel and then I'll talk about a little, just like a little bit of context and then we'll jump into our discussion, highlighting some points. Matthew 22 verses one
2: through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited. Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. The king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen.
0: All right, Matthew. Bring in the heat. Um, Going to his go-to phrase, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, But we've got uh, another parable, and uh, this parable is just exactly following right after uh, the parable from last week, uh, the parable of the wicked tenants. So uh, Jesus has now done, I don't even know how many parables in a row. Is this like, I think five maybe? Um, so we're really living into this ordinary time of going deep into Jesus's uh, teachings and his teaching method and the parables of the kingdom of heaven. So, uh, again, just to place Jesus physically in, um, in Jerusalem, he is there and he has been there uh, for these last few weeks and he will stay there because it's the last time he will be in Jerusalem. He stays there until he's arrested. So Jesus is talking to his disciples and to the, still to those, uh, the, the same people who are asking him questions about authority, you know? So he's like in the temple, uh, and he is in Jerusalem. So, uh, I think that's all we need to know. Um, and David, David one, I'm David two, David one, you have, uh, the first point.
1: Yeah. Um. The point that really stuck out to me was the idea that they would not come which is a very interesting thing you normally don't hear when invited to a wedding now people may say they can't come they have something else going on but it's very rare that you'll have someone say i won't come Mm -hmm. and it was a little shocking to read that and i had mentioned before we started recording that going into this and not realizing that the king that's putting on this wedding for his son is God and the son representing Jesus, you're reading it and you think, well, I wouldn't go either. I don't owe the king anything. So why would I go to his son's wedding? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's interesting how that really also just plays into our daily lives. I talk with our youth about whether or not we pray daily and, they're very honest with me, which is a blessing. And a lot of them they're like, well, I don't I don't really do it every day. And I always, you know, like to ask why, and they're like, well, we just don't have time. And it's like, so I mean you all you always have time, so it's not that you can't do it. You can always find time to do it. It's just you won't do it for whatever reason. Uh, And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm not perfect. I forget to pray pretty often. And we're trying to work where you can start seeing how your life is kind of shifting when you don't pray and how you can feel how your life is maybe feeling a little bit different uh, when you're not actively praying. So that's really what stuck out to me was the idea that they would not come. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and I love that because it's thinking about it as kind of this – daily invitation to communion with God through prayer is like a cool way of keeping it very kind of imminent and relevant um, all the time, every day for us to, and thinking about it, not so much like if you don't come, God is going to punish you because really the people, you know, like the, the challenging thing here is like, you know, the King going out and destroying people and cities and things. Um, one interesting thing is, like, it doesn't say the king went and destroyed all the people who wouldn't come. It's just, it was the people who, like, killed the the messengers, which Charlotte will get into later. <laughs> um, so, it's not so much like, I, it's cool to think about the weeping and gnashing of teeth thing, kind of as, like, a, like, you know, we would call it, like, a natural theology of of um, of prayer. You know, like, it's not that we aren't doing this thing that that on, that's on the list of things God requires of us. And so it's, God's going to punish us for not doing it. It's like we do it because it actually helps in some way. And I completely agree. Like I know that I have, like when I don't do my prayer practice, I have a harder day that day that I don't do it than the day that I do, you know? And I don't know if every day I don't do it, I would describe as weeping and gnashing of teeth, but it's certainly more suffering than less, <laughs> you know? So it's like, It's not so much that this is like a a threat from God, but more like a gentle little guidance to be like, these practices are good because they are good for you, not because they're just Mm -hmm. arbitrary things you're supposed to do, but because they help. You know, they help create space in us. They help cultivate compassion and love for the people around us to be God to other people, you know, to do the holding of the door, you know, and the complimenting of the mask. It, like, creates the relationality between us and builds on that in a way that, that, we, that doesn't just automatically happen without having some sort of practice that cultivates that kind of thing.
2: Well, and I think also the piece that stands out for me is the invitation to analyze why we won't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very tempting, much as you were saying, David, that to say I can't but yeah you can or most of the time you can of course everybody has things that happen in their lives but why won't you right like and usually for me in that moment of won't um it's resistance it's not wanting to be changed by whatever it is that God is at work at in my life and whether that be through prayer or something else that I'm being called to the won't usually is my own personal resistance to being changed Mm -hmm. um and it's in looking at that that we often are able to break through what that won't is and be affected and changed by what god is calling us to Mm
0: -hmm. that's a cool invitation to be like you know think like you're saying charlie think about why 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 is it when i say to myself i didn't have time today did i really not have 15 minutes to sit down you know, and why? Yeah. Why didn't I have fifteen minutes to sit down? Fifteen mm-hmm. minutes out of twenty-four hours. You know, and so what? And then mm-hmm. what is behind that? What has created that that kind of uh, unending, um, you know, game of of worth and productivity? Busyness. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that David, David squared, um, if it works for you guys, that won't is an invitation mm-hmm. into my point, which is point number two. Yep. Um, because don't kill the messengers. Like, I thought it the second I started reviewing this gospel for it, because we have in it, in verse three, he sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come, which was the point we just explored. And then again, in verse four, we have again, he sent other slaves saying, Tell those who have been invited. Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to a business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. Mm -hmm. So in this parable, we have the king sending slaves to invite the guests to the banquet. And we know, because we've already been talking about it, that it's God who is inviting us to the wedding, but God didn't show up right in front of us in glorious splendor and say, hey, come on, the banquet's ready. Mm -hmm. Instead, God sent messengers. Mm -hmm. God sent messengers to talk to us and to invite us to come to this banquet. And sometimes messengers don't look like what we expect them to. Um, These are not necessarily angels in glowing robes that are here and being like, I'm from God. I'm from God. Come on, we're ready for you now. Um, you know, it's in this. It's very clearly said that God sent His slaves, which are prophets and people who say things we don't want to hear and who challenge us and who want us to be better than we are. And that identify the fact that the way to the banquet might be unexpected. Um, that we might have to do some work to get there. That we're called to things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that that may be why perhaps we respond poorly sometimes because we're not ready to be called that way. Mm -hmm. We're not ready to do this work um, that provides justice and peace and equity for the world, um, which is part of coming to the table, Mm -hmm. is being willing to do that work. And we don't always respond well. We are human beings, and we are frail, and sometimes we respond in ways that are unkind um, and that exhibit our lesser qualities and the parts of us that are less in line with what God is calling us to, and it certainly happens in this parable, right? They are mis—the mes- The slaves are mistreated, and they are killed, mm-hmm. and I think that we can look around us right now, even in this time in which we are living, and recognize the way in which there are prophets walking amongst us messengers amongst us that are being mistreated and poorly treated and shamed. I mean, there are just, there are many instances that we can look at and identify where this is happening even today. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And we are called to do better than that by recognizing that that's what's going on and identifying it as a problem and challenging ourselves to move through it.
0: Yeah. And and that's again, a reason to be become aware of why we are resistant to this kind of all all these alternative ways of existing that Jesus calls the kingdom of heaven you know like it's not it's not a coincidence that the people who have like who have just invested wealth are the ones unwilling to go to this Mm -hmm. kind of relaxing celebratory restful thing. You know, it's like they are benefiting from the hamster wheel that everyone is on. Mm -hmm. And all the people that are not benefiting are the ones, you know, ultimately invited at the end and that fill the hall. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is really like where where around us do we see people pointing and saying we are on this hamster wheel, everybody, please get off. You can you don't have to be on there. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven like is in, has in its like fabric something of celebration and restfulness, as well as thinking back on all those parables, like as well as equitable distribution of resources and equality of being, and you know, this incredible egalitarianism. So, if we could live into that, we could rest, you know, we could mm-hmm. celebrate regularly, all the time, even. Um, because everyone is time. thriving <laughs> yeah but it's like it's being on that hamster wheel that keeps us from that thing and and we yeah. have to be aware you know who is inviting us off of that and why are we f- angry at them <laughs> why do we want them to go away uh, why why do we want to silence those voices um, mm-hmm. and how are we benefiting from that thing that is that is hurting people in that?
1: It all goes to how willing are we to change? And Mm -hmm. I'm personally, I'm a creature of habit. I am one of those who is on the wheel and will, you know, stay on the wheel until my job is done. Mm -hmm. But I'm also the hamster that if I know I need to take a break, I'm able to step off and take that break. But that's on a personal level, on a national and a worldwide level, it's a lot harder because I think. A lot of it comes from fear. People fear change, Mm -hmm. and they often fear, how's this going to affect me? This goes the other way where it's like, well, if I jump off and help, what's in it for me? It's Mm -hmm. very much, what is in it for me? If I change, it benefits you, but what is in it for me? What do I get out of this change? And that really just seems to be the society that we're in right now. Like, I'll help you if there's something in it for me, I'm not going to just get up and change my ways to benefit you. It's something that we don't see very often anymore. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that right there really leads to David, what you're going to talk about in point three, right?
1: Yeah. So
0: my, my point, uh, is kind of about a, a combination of, you know, what, how kind of the whole story unfolds in terms of who is invited uh, and then this interesting uh, final two verses, uh, which actually are, you know, this story shows up in Luke, but it doesn't have these last two verses in it. So Matthew okay. added these from whatever, you know, common understanding of this parable uh, Luke and Matthew had. So I think it's so, I mean, I, th- I think it's like a, it's in, obviously Jesus is like, is tying this to kind of the history of, Israel, the history of the understanding of the kingdom of heaven, the history of the mission of God. We've talked in this podcast about how kind of even Jesus in his ministry is kind of slowly expanding who he conceives of as part of this invitation to the kingdom of heaven. You know, because it starts off when he first sends disciples out uh, to just the lost sheep of Israel, right? And then we're kind of, he has this interaction with the Canaanite woman, and then it turns into all the way by the end of Matthew's gospel go out to all nations, uh, and every person in the world. And so I think it's such an a cool, like, overview of that that kind of you know, um concentric circles kind of continuing to open up that is an invitation for us to to understand the the broadness and the and the breadth of the kingdom of heaven who is invited that it is literally everybody and it has really nothing to do with these kind of these things that we like to to label people as innate qualities like goodness and badness that those things really don't exist that everybody is there you know everyone is invited and the and the hall is filled with everybody so that uh, by the end of this story everyone in the kingdom everyone in the town uh, has been invited to to the wedding hall and people then get to self-select like we've been talking about whether they are going to respond or not whether they're going to go or not but then we have this interesting thing in the end of this interaction with the king and this is the part that Matthew adds when the king came in to see the guests he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe and he said to him, friend, how did you get get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. The king's like, what were the bouncers doing when this was happening? <laughs> then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so it's interesting that Matthew adds this like l- another little wrinkle here saying like, yes, everyone is invited. Also, there's still something that has to happen even after you respond you know there's like still some ongoing work even after you respond and it's interesting to like just just ponder this for a moment and wonder what this means um because this word this idea of a wedding robe is really just like the greek is just like the garment of the wedding it's like what you would it's not like everybody needs to have their specific wedding robe um it makes me think of Harry Potter, where they have like dress robes for their, for the for the for the Yule Ball and stuff yeah. like that. Um, it's not like that. It's like it's it's almost like the clothes. Like what clothes would you wear to a wedding? You'd expect to wear the nicest clothes that you have, and that could be different for everybody. Maybe some people have a t- a thousand dollar tuxedo, maybe some people have a polo and khakis and and whatever that is. That is your wedding clothes, you know. And so it's almost like Jesus is asking the question when you respond how are you gonna show up are you are you gonna show up fully you know are you gonna bring your whole self to this kingdom of heaven because even once you show up it's not it's it's, the, it's so much about showing up but there's also something then ongoing about action uh, once you have responded you know that that um, it's it's like about bringing your best self and this and the ongoing work of the kingdom of heaven in the world that that once you are once you have responded and once you are in there, once you are like in the banquet hall, there is still work to be done. There's going to still be more people to invite. And it's so much about how you are present and how you show up in that. Um, and I think it's I think it's something like that. You know, I don't I don't know if it's extremely clear, but just something to think about and wonder about, you know, how are we showing up? And are we bringing our best self? Changing your clothes, putting on your best, not expecting to go back out and get on the hamster wheel, go back out into the fields. You know, you bring your best clothes because you're you're here now and you're going to live into mm-hmm. this life of celebration and thriving and restfulness. All right. So that's three points. And to just do a quick review, point number one was uh, David's. The David that's from Cincinnati, not the one from San Diego. Here we go. Um, David was about, you know, asking the question how being being aware of how we're responding to this invitation, you know, and what is getting in the way? What are are the excuses we're making uh, to not live into this invitation of rest and wellness and wholeness? That is the, the wedding banquet, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, number two is Charlotte's and similarly thinking about how we respond to the messengers bringing this invitation to the kingdom of heaven. You know, where who are the people that are speaking prophetically, the messengers in our midst that are inviting us to a new to some alternative to the status quo that creates a, an environment for thriving and rest and celebration for all people rather than just, you know, the wealthiest among us. Maybe the top one percent get to celebrate, but not everybody else. Uh, and my and the third one was mine, and it was just looking at this this idea that literally everyone in this parable is invited, and the question is, again, will we respond? How are we responding? And then when we respond, and when we take part, start taking part in the kingdom of heaven, will we bring our whole selves? Will we put bring put both feet in the door? Will we put on our best? Uh, Knowing that we are here to stay and that we're not expecting to go back um, to the fields, to the hamster wheel, to to the the things that are um, creating these sources of tension and frustration and inequality in our world and in our lives. So having heard that discussion, we invite you to go back and uh, read this gospel, see what else comes up for you, Uh, Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Uh, from Proper 23, we would love to hear from you. Any of those uh, things that come up, any ideas or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection, you can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, faith2go.org, or you can follow us or direct messages on Instagram at faith2go. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, David, so much for being here. It was awesome.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun, and I, I actually learned a lot, so... I got I got a takeaway, so thank you so much. Awesome.
2: You know, it just it's really fun to sit and talk about the gospel with people.
1: Yeah, and we
0: hope you sit and talk about the gospel with people as well this week. Uh, and until next week, Chapter Twenty Four, we say goodbye. So goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See ya.